All right, so here we are again, doing once again another podcast, and I am uh, joined today by Barbara. I'm not going to say your last name. I'm going to mess it up. It's Blyley. That's what I thought, too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, get, I get it all. I get Billy. I get Bailey. I get any number of variations. Yeah, so, so um, you are a brand strategist, right? Yes. So tell us about what you do, who you work for, all the fun things. Okay, um, sure. So I... I've been running my own shop for a little over a year, okay. uh, Skylar Consulting, and um, I work primarily with um, business owners, uh, marketing directors, sort of people who are in charge of high-level strategy within their companies. To um, They may have a marketing strategy in place, okay. but they need to put brand strategy and messaging in place because it comes first. So, so you said you work with marketing people. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people probably assume that brand and marketing are, are one, you know, synonymous or yes. uh, what's that word? Interchangeable. Yes. Um, so what's the difference between brand strategy and marketing strategy? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, so brand comes before marketing. Okay. Uh, brand is your story. Mm-hmm. It's the high level messaging. Um, it's your why, right. And figuring out uh, the, how to shape the narrative that you want to create for your business, mm-hmm. marketing is then pushing that out into the world. Okay. Right. So, so brand, you've probably heard that, you know, you, your brand is what other people say about you when right. you're in the room. You can't say when, sorry, when you're not in the room right. to say it for yourself, brand strategy shapes that narrative. It says, you know, why do we exist? What problem are we trying to fill? Um, you know, how do we want to go about doing it? Why should people care about us? What is our story? And then marketing takes that and says, okay, so if our purpose is to save the world, we're going to say that in three different ways through three different campaigns <laughs> across multiple channels yep. and really get that message in front of people. Gotcha. So, yeah. Um, That's it. Sure, yeah. for now. <laughs> yeah. All right, so tell us a little bit about, um, I mean, where do you want to start? Do you want to start with, I have a business idea, where do we go? Um, sure. Yeah, so part of your brand is wrapped up in your name, right? Yes. So <clears throat> what's your thoughts on when people start, because there's some companies out there that are just, I don't know, we call it lazy, you know, lazy when it comes to the name, we call it, you know, unoriginal. Um, I listened to a podcast the other day and it was something involving the home inspection industry, what's going on. And the, uh, one of the guys, big guy in the home inspection industry, he says he likes branding. When you, when you name a company, he likes to name it something that you can, that can be tangible, right. That you can hold in your hand. Interesting. Uh, okay. So, um, green frog home inspections. Okay. You know? So you can you can picture and visualize a green frog, right, as your home mm-hmm. inspections. Because um, the uh, the company he was referencing is called Breeze, and he says, you know, I picture a a why don't you make a fan, to, you know, like a fan, and that's that's your logo. Okay. Um, so what's your what's your thoughts? Quite literal. You, yeah. Right. So that's that's his whole thought. He's a very successful guy, um, and whatnot. But that was his take on when you name a company. You should name it, you know, the, the, the imaging for that company should be something that's tangible that you can hold, that you can visualize. What's your thoughts on that? Oh, I think everybody's opinions would be different here. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and there's no singular answer. Right. So naming is hard. It is. Finding the right name for your business is a lengthy process. I think that's why most um, people just go with Sis Home Inspection. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I named my business after my dog. Yeah. So yeah. Um, she's this adorable, obnoxiously opinionated husky, and <laughs> I tend to think of myself in the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, I, this guy's saying you should be naming something that's tangible that you can hold in your hand is is an easy way for people to visualize, but not necessarily a reflection of the business that you want to be. 
And some of the most successful companies in the world have names that make absolutely no sense whatsoever in a vacuum, yeah. right? So Google, yeah. I'm sure it makes sense now, but it didn't without significant brand effort pushing X. that, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to touch that one. Okay. I'm sorry. I, I have very strong feelings there. Um, I think it's a shame. And uh, <laughs> We're leaving it at that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, I... I think your whatever name your business goes for needs to be a reflection of of who your company is. Okay. Right? So Green Frog, great. Yeah, that's that's an easy visual. What does that have to do with inspections? I don't know. I, you know, but maybe yeah. it's based off of a personal preference. Sure. And if it's based off a of personal preference, that means that your brand is um, is taking into account the personalities of the people who are running your company, sure. right? If you're a solopreneur, your brand is you. Mm-hmm. So you have a lot of leeway to, you know, to use any kind of name that reflects your personal taste, your personal right. likes, dislikes, um, favorite sports teams, mm-hmm. etc. If you're a if you're a business that wants to grow and, you know, take on the world with, you know, if you want to take on 10 employees in the next five years, well, that brand's pretty quickly going to have to go beyond your personal tastes, right? right? And Green Frog may or may not make sense. Right. Now, what becomes tricky is if you start with name one, mm-hmm. um, and actually Twitter and X is an interesting case study because it's not done yet either. You start with whatever brand name. Okay. Okay. Um, Twitter <laughs> and you work with it for years. We're going to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. And, and you know, but the longer you have it and the more brand awareness that you're building up, obviously the more brand equity that you're building sure. up. Right. And if you decide one day Twitter is no longer working and we're going to just change to X, mm-hmm. if you're not Elon Musk, if you're not, if you don't have the notoriety that he has, you're going to lose a ton of brand awareness and brand equity. Yeah. And so it, it really has to be done delicately. I hate X. I hate <laughs> it so much. It changed because I have Twitter on my phone and it changed. And I was like, what is this? Yeah. I like got so confused. It looks like it would be for like a porn like thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it, it hasn't been handled well. Uh, and there's a reason why you shouldn't let one person in the company um, make these sort of decisions on changing the logo and changing the name and just, you know, I had a dream and it's now going to be X, Y, or Z. Yeah. Who knows? Tomorrow it could be Z. We have yeah. no idea coming from that man. So yeah. um, starting with one ever, if you start with a name, great. Sure. Run with it for a while though, right? If you choose Green Frog, if you choose Twitter, I chose Skylar Consulting, you know, it wasn't <laughs> the backstory of why I chose my name was it, I was supposed to actually be a consultant for a larger company mm-hmm. and I just needed an LLC in place. Gotcha, gotcha. So that's, I was like, well, I looked at my dog and I was like, hey, you and I are a lot alike. <laughs> I'm going to go with you. But now that I've been running with it for a while, if I change my name, that needs to be done methodically and deliberately. And there's a lot of considerations that go into it, right? You, you do a, you would create like a teaser campaign. Mm -hmm. You would certainly let your best customers know in advance, you know, Hey, this is coming down the pipe. If I had an app like Twitter on my phone and all of my users were going to wake up the next morning to a different icon that takes consideration. You need to roll that out. It does. Um, So so I started just finished my fourth year in business. Right. Okay. Um, I, November be two years. I guess October we, we started making the talks. So two years ago, okay, um, I got approached by um, a guy who owned National Property Inspections, MPI. Right, MPI is a franchise. You know, owned by an individual guy. You know, you know how franchises work. Uh-huh. And he's like, Hey, I'm done. Um, you want to buy my company? I'm like, Sure. Can I think about it? He says, Yeah. He called me. He's like, Hey, kind of need a decision. I got to start this new job soon. <laughs> so he like he was done. So that's what he did. He contacted all of his, you know, high volume agents and agents that's been with him for a long time. I said, Hey, this is what's happening. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, 
it's no longer be MPI. It's going to be 360 home inspections. You know, the only thing changing is I'm not doing inspections, you know, but you have the other guys there, right? Um, because he had a couple inspectors. Right? Okay. So, um, but he took that time to reach out to those clients and right. say, hey, I'm not doing it. This is who it is. You know, we can sit down. We have lunch. We have meetings. You know, you introduce me. Um, just to take that time to say, hey, just when you call, it's not going to say MPI. You know, it's going to say 360 home inspections. Right, sure. Um, so that was very helpful. You know, um, now we still got those phone calls six months later, like, I'm looking for MPI. Yeah, they don't exist anymore. Right, <laughs> um, yeah. It but, will take some time. Yeah. Why, when you purchased MPI, why, what was your decision process behind not keeping that name and that brand? Franchise, because I'm not a franchise. Okay. I didn't want to pay franchise fees. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, otherwise, if we were to say it wasn't a franchise, I just, do, I just don't like to name national property inspections. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't resonate with me. So 360, the reason why I chose 360 was for two reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, a background in the fire service. The first thing you do on scene is you do a 360 of the property or car wreck or fire or whatever it is that you're doing. Right. Okay. So it's kind of a callback to a previous life of mine. Right. Uh -huh. Um, but also, you know, for home inspection purposes, 360, we cover everything. Sure. Kind of thing. So it had a double meeting there. Yeah. Um, so, so that's why I chose that versus, you know, even if MPI wasn't a franchise, I still wasn't going to choose MPI. Right. I, I, just, I just don't care for the name. The, the colors are like, um, I mean, I may hurt some feelings, but, um, you know, it's like a, I don't know, very dull green and mm -hmm. white. I'm just not my thing. You not know? a reflection on you yeah, and the kind of business yeah. you want to have. Yeah, and it's the not brand even like a pretty building. green. It's just green. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just not, it's just not my thing, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Brand attributes totally play into your visuals, yeah. right? So, um, you know, that... 360, what you were saying, this this full circle look, it just the number means mm -hmm. holistic, mm -hmm. right? That you're gonna you're gonna think of everything, you're gonna, you know, consider all of it, and your customers or your clients aren't gonna be concerned that you're missing stuff. Sure. Right. So um funny that you talk about the colors. I uh mm, when you are a small business mm -hmm. or a solopreneur, not a franchise, right? Because when you're a franchise, you you really don't have any control over the brand. You yeah, you, you don't. You have no control over the messaging. You have no control over the visuals. Yeah, not how um, the website looks. Not nothing. Yeah, <laughs> right. And you know, so I I know you work with a lot of realtors. Mm -hmm. So realtors who work with the bigger brokerages have mm -hmm. very little control over their brand marketing, Correct. right? Yep. Um, yeah. For example, if you're working with Keller Williams, well, then you're using the Keller Williams brand. Yep. But at the end of the day, we work with people that we like. Mm -hmm. And so you are, um, or, you know, Jane with Keller Williams. I don't know if there's a Jane with Keller Williams, but we're going to talk about Jane today. <laughs> and, you know, so she doesn't have control over what her business card looks like or the website that she's using, sure. but she has control over her own story. She mm -hmm. has her she has control over why she became a realtor to begin with. Um, she has control over looking at gaps that exist mm -hmm. and, you know, injecting her own personality into the process that way. Right. right? Um, and you, you would do that through networking. You would do that through podcasts like uh -huh. this um, to attract people who, you know, Keller Williams brings, um, you know, a fair amount of, of, um, I can't think of the word, um, value to the sure. conversation, yeah. right? Just because of their, who they are. Yeah, I'm thinking, right? panache is the yeah. word I'm looking for, yeah. right? They, you know, they have a lot of resources. A lot of standing in the, in, the, name. in the industry. Yes. yes. So I know if I'm going to work with a Keller Williams agent, then I'm working with somebody who is backed by significant resources. Right. But what I need to know as a homeowner is that I'm working with somebody I personally can relate to and can, you know, get along mm -hmm. with, right? Um, so brand, it, there's different levels there that you start to think about. Like sure. I have no control over the Keller Williams brand, but I have control over my own personal yep. brand. So, so when, <clears throat> what's your thoughts on rebranding? 
right? And yeah, because for a lot of people, you know, because I didn't consult anybody when it was like time to name, right? Um, that's just something that, like you said, it's a reflection, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but for a lot of people, they come up with a name, mm-hmm. they get traction, and it's either, you know, I don't like that name no more. You mm-hmm. know, I was just first thing that, you know, like I said, I need an LLC, right? So yep. I just filed something. Um, but you know, or I don't like the logo or I don't like the colors and, or again, maybe you do merge, right? Um, mm-hmm. and maybe it's not me buying over. It's an actual merger, right? And now right. we've got to come up because you don't want to use your, my name. I don't want to use your name. Who are we now? Right. Um, and now we got to come up and that's an expensive process. It can you be. Know, a lot of people don't understand like, cause there's still stuff out there that, that says MPI. Like it's never going to go away. You know, there's still phone numbers out there that, that ring that shouldn't be ringing. You know, you just can't get it all. Yeah. Um, so what's your thoughts when it comes to rebranding? When should you rebrand? Um, because it is a big endeavor or can be. Um, and, and, you know, just overall. Okay. So I love this. I, there's, there's a few reasons that, um, there's a few scenarios that would come up. Mm-hmm that you want to consider if you're going to rebrand or not. You're right. It can be expensive. It can be time consuming. It should be handled thoughtfully. Um, One would be mergers and acquisitions, right? If you are merging with another company um, or you are looking to buy another company that has built up their brand awareness and equity, you don't want to lose the valuable equity that you have either, uh, either of the companies, right? right? Um, If you're merging, then you need to think about does one company have more equity than another? Mm-hmm. Um, what sort of um, hit to your reputation uh, or loss of awareness are you going to be taking into place? And because if, if company A and company B are going to merge, is naming your company, company C, the best value there? Yeah. Um, or do you want to run with one of the two existing names and you know continue to capitalize on right. some of that equity? So mergers and acquisitions would be one of them. Um, competition would be another. So if you are constantly losing out to your competitors, it may be a lack of awareness. Mm -hmm. It may be, um, time for revisiting your brand strategy and then your visual identity to rebrand. Because a lot of people, a lot of people, they, they start off with Joe's plumbing Mm -hmm. and then Joe's plumbing hires an electrician at some point. Mm-hmm. Right. And, but mm-hmm. he's still Joe's plumbing. Yep. Right. So he's losing a lot of electrical business because nobody knows he's an electrician. So right? I was, so that was another reason I was going to yeah. list. If you are either adding a new service line or product line, or you're moving into a new market, um, a new vertical, for mm-hmm. example, you want to consider whether the name you chose is still an accurate reflection of the business. Right. Um, and you just nailed it, right? If you're a plumbing company and you hire on electrical because you want to be more, uh, holistic, more full service for home services. Well, you're going to fight an uphill battle if you don't start considering maybe right. I need to rename the business. Right. Um, another major reason to, to rebrand is simply, have you even looked at your brand mm-hmm. in the last three to five years? Because brands get muddy. They get outdated, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, visuals get frayed. Sure. Um, you know, and the market as the market changes and customer perceptions can change and, you know, um, society in general is evolving, how does that affect your business, your messaging? Uh, because when I, so when I think of a rebrand, uh, when most people think of rebrand, they're thinking of their logos. They're yeah. thinking of the visual pieces. When I think of rebrand, I'm also thinking, is my messaging still firing on all of its cylinders? Right. Has my why evolved. Um, it probably hasn't changed entirely from when I started my business, but has it, has it changed along the way, you know, to, um, as I've identified more need, um, or maybe I filled some of that need and that it may have opened up a different Avenue. Right. Um, so a rebrand isn't, it's not just your visual. It's, it's looking at all of the strategy and the messaging together. What's your thoughts on um, combining names? So, for example, you know, I'm 360 Home Inspections. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, uh, we'll use Burgess because um, I talked to Scooter and he's fun. Um, but Scooter's <laughs> been around for 30 years, right? Uh-huh. He's probably 
pretty sure he's the largest home inspection company in the area, right? Let's say we merge. Okay. But I, like you said, I don't want to lose what he's built up mm-hmm. over 30 years, mm-hmm. right? I don't want to lose what I've built up. But, mm-hmm. you know, we changed the name. Like, hey, let's go with 360 Burgess or Burgess 360, whatever, whatever version of that. So what's your thoughts on that? My thought on that is it would have to be based on data that you would collect. Okay. And on the surface, as you presented it, mm-hmm. I don't – actually, on the surface as you presented it, Burgess being the bigger company and having mm-hmm. been around a lot longer – my gut reaction is if you're going to use one of the two names, you lead with his sure. name, right? Um, but Don't tell him that, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's our little secret. Um, <laughs> but uh, when you are going through a merger and acquisition, you're, you should be doing some market research, right? You, you should be talking to your customers. Um, you know, is this uh, – what are your customers going to expect? Um, who else in the market – do you need to be aware of? Mm-hmm. And uh, when you are prepping your customers, you know, because you're going to have conversations with with internally and with lawyers and, uh, you know, with, with marketing people, like how do we want to approach this? Yeah. How do we want to shape this together? Um, if it was Burgess 360 or 360 Burgess, well – that's an easy way to keep your equity. Sure. That's an easy way to keep your awareness. Yeah. But are you missing opportunities mm-hmm. for a different name at that point um, because the forces that you both are bringing to the table, right. right? So you're combining for a reason. Why are you combining? And that's an opportunity to introduce, you know, should we be looking at a different name mm-hmm. or not? Right. So. That makes sense. It makes sense. Um so when when it's time, Courtney's phone's ringing. <laughs> so we've had we've had sirens and now we got phones. So, by the way, you couldn't hear that on the recording. You could hear the sirens, but you couldn't hear the phone. Yeah. Just letting you know. <laughs> um. So what how, what does it take to develop a brand strategy? So what are you looking at when it's time? Like, hey, I'm coming to you now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not coming to Blair because he doesn't know how to do brand strategy, right? Oh. Uh, <laughs> Blair <laughs> understands brand strategy. <laughs> uh, um, but I'm coming to you because you said, because again, I got Blair, right? For mm-hmm. Talking Monkey Media, for those mm-hmm. that don't know, he was on the podcast. Yeah. talked about all that marketing things. Yep. Um, and he's doing the, the website and the SEO and, and all the all the things, right? Yes. Um, so now um, Blair says, hey, you need to go get your brand stuff straight. So what are we looking at? Like, what's the actual strategy, right? Because, I mean, I know what a strategy is, but what is a brand strategy? So your brand strategy is it's your attempt to influence and shape the narrative mm-hmm. of the reputation you want your brand to have. Right. Or okay. I'm sorry, the reputation you want your company to have. Okay. So, you know, I, I, I said back in the beginning of this, your brand um, is what other people say about you when you're not in the room to say it yourself. Right? right. And you don't have a ton of control over what the words they use sure. and their actions and the way they think about you. Unless you give them a lot of money. <laughs> Unless you, or you're, you know, or your ex and That's you can right. just generate the just conversation. Yeah. Um, I, but in a way you actually do have a lot of control because your brand strategy is how you want to influence that perception. It's how you want to influence the words that they would use. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so, um, you've probably heard of a brand platform for, okay. I call those springboards because they are quite literally the launching point of the messaging that you're using in this strategy. Your strategy is this overarching guide Mm -hmm. to your narrative and it's, uh, if we start in the middle of your springboard, it's your purpose, mm-hmm. right? That's the very first thing we figure out is why are you in business? Okay. It is, you know, what gap are you trying to fill? What problem are you trying to fix? Mm-hmm. Why? And, you know, if your answer to that is, well, I wanted more flexible hours where I was tired <laughs> of working for the boss, you probably have to dig a little deeper, right? Yeah, um, says every real estate ever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so... Um, I, and it's important, though, that 
the purpose, because it drives so much mm. of your strategy, you really need to go deep on that one. If, uh, if you're a realtor who's saying, well, I just, I just love helping first-time home, home buyers, you and like 80 other realtors that I've met, right? It's, <laughs> yeah. So while it's, I'm sure that's true, I'm sure. sure that's part of the purpose, it's not enough, right? Yeah, it's not going to differentiate. Yourself. It's not, yeah. exactly. So, but, um, so the purpose, figure out your purpose, figure out your why. Mm -hmm. Your vision next to it is what do you want to do with that purpose, right? What kind of change are you trying to make? And the mission is how are you actually going about doing it? What is right. your process for doing that? And they, uh, they accumulate upwards into brand proposition statement. And then, you know, okay, so I do this because of this and this is how. Mm -hmm. um, but then it, the, the top piece of your springboard is what we call your brand promise. In three to five words, can you articulate your why and get people to care about you and make it catchy yeah. And all the pressure that a brand promise brings. Yeah. Uh, so that's the top part of your strategy. The lower half of the springboard is brand attributes. It's um, and this is where your personality really starts to shine through. Um, so your brand attributes. There's three buckets. There's look and feel. Um, so your visuals, mm -hmm. your logo. Logos get all the flashy attention. That's right. Um, and with good reason, right? They're the quote face of your brand. Not not to throw you off track, but how disappointed are you when you see like a national brand spending millions of dollars on a new logo? Uh -huh. And it's just like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, uh, yeah. Kind of like the Gap logo years yeah. back yeah. where, it, you know, I think it lasted 12 days or it was yeah. that Tropicana that lasted 12 <laughs> like, days and because it was so meh. Yeah. Um, it's, it, it is really disappointing. Yeah. And, you know, it's, I think every brand designer myself included, if I'm being honest, mm. has done one of those before yeah. where it's like you just you spend a lot of time and a lot of money and a lot of effort developing focus groups and all that stuff. All yeah. of it, yeah. right? And most of the time the meh logos yeah. are evolutions mm -hmm. of the existing logo because yeah. you you while you want to retain your brand equity, you're also working with executives who are scared to do too big of a change. It's like the Miami Dolphins. They went from a, a jumping dolphin. They just straighten it out. Like, <laughs> yeah, okay. That's a lot of anticipation for that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, if you're spending millions of dollars doing that, I would hope that uh, some of that money is being spent on the research and the data <laughs> gathering to, to that ultimately informs you don't want to change the dolphin too much. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, the, one of the reasons brands or logos are evolving too is the digital application sure. for them, right? The, the more our technology changes and the channels have evolved, the more simplistic the logos are getting. Mm -hmm. um, but going back to brand attributes in your strategy. So you have your look and feel. You have your tone of voice, yep. right? Which is, you know, how are you talking? How are you writing the words you're using, the cadence? Yeah. Um, and then you have your personality. Uh, you know, are you quirky? Are you serious? Are you hilarious? Let that shine through in your messaging and your brand visuals and the various marketing pieces. Um, and then the bottom piece of the springboard that we create are what are called guiding principles. So most companies have core values, right? Um, and while I'm on that that soapbox for a second. If you're going to have a core value, go beyond transparency and integrity. <laughs> and, you know, those are great, but what do they mean, yeah, right? Yeah. So um, the guiding principles, though, you have an internal guiding principle and an external guiding principle. And these actually, they underpin a ton of your brand strategy because you're in, they're, you're, they're based on your unbreakable promises. So internally, what is the single promise that you refuse to break to yourselves? Right. What is the one line you will not cross right. internally? For me, it's I don't work with companies that go against my moral code. Sure. Um, and externally, what is the one unbreakable promise you're making to the market at large? And the market at large includes your customers. Mm -hmm. It includes strategic partners. It includes your competitors. It's who are you... You know, when you when you go outward, what promise are you making? 
Um, and those are pretty big ethical pieces, sure. right? They're, they're guardrails for your brand. And they become really important when, you know, your customers want you to get involved in politics or hot button <laughs> issues. And, you know, you may or may not choose to do that, right? Small businesses are especially wary of getting into hot button items or, you know, yeah. issues. Um, but your guiding principles can at least help direct how you would talk about those things, how you would address them if you choose to, right? So, yeah. <clears throat> they're a true reflection. And of I'm what glad you, you brought in. that up because um, I talk to other people and we, I get business and I've received business uh-huh. because other inspectors went off on political tangents on their personal Facebook page, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. And my whole f- thing is like, man, I got a lot of thoughts and opinions, right? Mm-hmm. But Facebook just isn't the place for it because I own a business, right? It's a reflection of my business. Sure. And you could even go back to what Michael Jordan said back in the day when they said, hey, why don't you take stands against Republicans? And he says, Republicans buy shoes too, right? Uh-huh. That was his uh-huh. stand. So you're right. Like the, the things that we do um, center around military stuff because I'm, I'm a veteran, right? Yeah. So we're a veteran-owned company. So we'll promote, you know, Veterans Day, Memorial Day, things like that, um, causes like that. It doesn't right. mean that I'm not for or against other things, but we have polarized and politicized mm-hmm. so many social issues yes. that it's just a grenade. Yes. Uh, so when in an area that you say, Hey, are you for or against this? Man, it's, it's hard to say. Yeah. Um, even if you are for or against it because you're losing 50%. Yeah. Right. Uh, Cause we're, we're at a point where each issue is 50, 50. And it's it's hard. It's yeah. hard for a small business. Like how many small businesses were putting up, you know, I support all, you know, Black Lives Matter, Matter for an example, right. just because they were just for intimidation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, did they believe it? Sure. You mm-hmm. know, most businesses kind of try to stay out of that though. I think one of them, one of the most important pieces when it comes to wading into political, politicized, hot button issues, if you're going to do it, mm-hmm. you you have to lean into it all the time. Yes. Um, because for a lot of these, such as the BLM movement, uh-huh. it was it was just specific times, right? When the protests were happening, mm-hmm. you know, and, and things mm-hmm. like that. I think of Pride Week. Um, I I think of what happened to Target and Bud Light. Yes. Was it this past spring or last spring? It was this past spring. Okay, thank you. Where, you know, I mean, which also goes to show, it doesn't matter what size company you are, you can get hit hard with blowback, right? Um, what, What it comes down to is, do you believe in what you're saying enough to not care about the blowback, right? Chick-fil-A, right? They're all in. Yes. All in on their beliefs. Whether you agree or disagree, right. they're all in and they have not wavered. Right. right. So what happened uh, with with Bud Light, with Target, for example, you know, for, for Pride Month, mm-hmm. it wasn't just Pride Week, sorry, it was Pride Month, you know, is that they put up these big displays or Bud Light changes its mm-hmm. cans for 30 days out of 365 yes. Yes. days of the year. And otherwise, Target, you know, I, I, that's actually not entirely fair of me because I know that Target does other th- sure. other things that support pride, but it's regulated to the back of the store mm-hmm. or little pockets of the store. Once a month, they put it front mm-hmm. and center. And that's not, that doesn't feel like they're leaning into it fully. That feels like capitalizing on the marketing yeah. push and that feels disingenuous, Yeah. right? Yeah. So to me... If you're if you're going to if you're going to take a stand, you have to be unapologetic about it, mm-hmm. and you have to do it at all times. Yeah, um, because like you said, you're gonna you're gonna make some allies, yeah. you're gonna win some fans, and you're gonna lose some fans. Yeah, absolutely. But at least they know where you stand. Sure. Right. Um, and if you if you become you know wishy washy back and forth, you're gonna lose everybody. Yeah. Right. 
So and that's kind of what happened to Bud Light. They lost everybody. They <laughs> lost a lot. Yeah. And, you know, it was really interesting when the CEO came out. I don't remember the numbers, but I remember the CEO coming out uh, a few months later and saying, yeah, we actually, we took a giant revenue hit. 20, said, well, at some point it was like 26% so yeah. dropped in sales. It and was, they shut down plants and laid off people and yeah, all the things. It was all huge. The things. They sold off. Anheuser-Busch sold off half a dozen. Or more brands. Oh, really? Um, to a uh, Canadian uh, I company. I, I didn't know any all of that. part of that. Uh, I mean, it's during that time, you can kind of piece together, you know, hemorrhaging money at that point. Because 26% over several months, that's yeah. a huge chunk. It is. Um, for your leading brand. Yes. You know, we're not talking about, you know, the, the sixth or seventh or 15th beer in your portfolio. Yeah. This is This is your flagship. Yeah. But, so, that's Bud Light, right? Yeah. And, and... You and I, we are not Bud Light. No, right? we're we are not, not. We're not on that scale. No, we're just that guy that's down the street just trying to trying to pay the bills. Right. You but know? Let me, I want to share a story with you. Sure. Um, if we If we have the time. We got all the time. Uh, I ain't got no place to be. There's a, there's a client I worked with earlier this year on brand strategy. And um, uh, medical practice has been around seven years. And the practice has grown and evolved since they started. So... Um, the practice came to me and said, you know, hey, we are no longer the this particular brand um, that we were when we started, right? Yeah. We've Our services have evolved. We, we need to update and refresh our messaging as a result. Perfect. Love it. So we got into it. And one of the things we were looking at among many was imagery. Mm-hmm. What kinds of images they were using on their website, across mm-hmm. their social. Um, and that included, uh, so... Th- they work with families, yeah, and that includes families that are not necessarily man and woman and white, sure. right? Same-sex couples, interracial couples, you know, yep. interracial families, mixed families, you name it, mm-hmm. right? Um, her, uh, sorry, the medical practices audience is made up of all these different kinds of families, but their imagery was not. And I said, you really should start using some imagery that reflects who yep. your audience is, because while it's a subliminal thing, people want to be able to see themselves reflected in the yes. messaging and the marketing yes. that you're using. And the my contact at this medical practice, she loved it. She was all for it. And then I got an email and said, I'm afraid to use this particular image on the homepage of my website because I'm afraid of the blowback I'm going to get. Like it or not, we live in a state these days where we are. And, and I, it was, it was heartbreaking It is to get this email from her because the woman who leads this practice is smart and strong and knows what she wants. And the people who work for this practice are incredible human beings. And to think you don't feel like you can be, a true reflection and your brand can be a true reflection of your values because you're afraid of the blowback. Mm-hmm. There's no easy answer to that. No. I wish there was, but <laughs> there's, I'm, you know, I'll be the first to say there's not. And my, my response to her was along that line. Yeah. Look, you really have to weigh what's yeah. most important to you here. Um, maybe you don't use this image on your homepage. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe you use it on page two or, you know, the about page or the services page or whatever. You still use it, right? Because it still matters. And, you know, also, how are you ever going to know if you don't use it? Right. You don't actually, you can't predict the blowback that you're going to get. Right. Um, And then my final response to her, a piece of the response was, if if you get blowback on this, and Mm. you're right, you may. Those people aren't your audience. Those people are only trying to detract and take away the power of your brand, yeah. right? The people who are for your brand, the people who do want to work with you will appreciate the effort that you're putting into it. They will. And they're the ones who ultimately give you money, yep. right? Um, so, you know, I, like, again, we're not Bud Light. We didn't lose 26% of our revenue and, yeah. you know, and, and we're not trying to play to everybody there. But the the brand that you're building you have to have your target audience in mind when you build that brand, right? Yeah. Because yeah. while your purpose, your vision, your mission, your promise, all these pieces of your springboard are a reflection of the narrative you want to build, mm-hmm. you also have to make sure it's resonating with the audience you want to attract. 
right? You're, sure. you're not marketing or you're not putting your brand out towards people who don't like you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> At least I'm not. Right, um, right. You know, I'm, I'm putting out my brand towards people that, you know, they, they want to work with the type of person that I am, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's a real, it's a minefield. It can be a minefield. It can be, absolutely. But I think it's really important that, you know, every company, their brand, like, it's as scary as it is, stake the flag. Yeah. Right? And lean into it. Yeah. God forbid you have to say I'm sorry at some point. Okay. Then then you say you're sorry. Yeah. But stake your flag. Yeah. Um, there's a brokerage, um, boutique brokerage in Richmond. Um, there's a, a agent that also um, that we work with uh, owns her her team and uh-huh. they, they have, they're unapologetically for like the pride community, you know, LGBTQ community. Okay. Um, all year round, uh-huh. you know, they do all kinds of stuff and yeah, they, this is, this is who we are. This yep. is what we do. Yep. You know, whether, whether that's our lifestyle or not, doesn't matter. This is our cause and yeah. this is what we support. And, yeah. and there's, there is no apologies there. That's, that's, you know, and good for them. Yeah. You know, because like you said, it it can be very, very, and it's sad because it, again, we've politicized all this. Yeah. And and we've drawn lines in the sand over all this and over just supporting people, and yeah. and communities and and it shouldn't be that way. It really um, shouldn't. Uh, it but, shouldn't. But like our target audience is people buying homes. <laughs> I need right. you to buy a home. Right. I don't care what you look like. I don't care what you do. I don't care, you know, what what you do. Whatever, you know, I just need you to buy a home. Yes. You know? And and it's we have to walk that tightrope. Um, because we just need everybody to buy a home. And we need everybody <laughs> to buy a home to call us, you know, regardless. And and it doesn't mean we don't support people. It's just again navigating those Yeah. Those things for that blowback. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not that you're afraid of it, but there's a financial repercussion can be. There can be. There can Absolutely. be. And in a niche, we're in a very, very niche industry. Yeah. You have to buy a home for me to survive. <laughs> and, and I can't get my business anywhere else. Um, and and if I blow that up, mm-hmm. um, then it's, it's hard. Mm-hmm. So you have to be very tactful and strategic with that as well. Yeah. Um, doesn't mean you can't support it. Doesn't mean you can't be part of it. Um, you know, if that's who you are, if that's part of your makeup, you know, of, yeah. of where you want, again, I stick to veterans because that's what's important to me. Right. right? Um, from you the have pe- a personal tie Correct. to veterans Correct. too, which I, sorry, I just want to add to that. It, it, um, it adds to your authenticity. Yeah. Right. Because you can actually speak to what it's yeah. like to be a veteran. Because you have a lot of people, again, you know, when protests are going on, they'll start, you'll see businesses start throwing up, whether it's, Pride flags or mm-hmm. Black Lives Matter symbolism, whatever mm-hmm. it is, just because they say, "Hey, we we're with you," but you're doing out of whatever, you know. Yeah. It's not a tie. You're not you're not emotionally invested in that. Yeah, and that can also backfire on you, you know, because you're not you're not all in. You yeah. Know? At the same time, you have to start somewhere, right? You do. And and some of it is we do better when we know better, yeah. right? Um, or so what? Are they? Yeah. When we know better, we do better. And when protests erupt mm-hmm. and we learn about causes that we may not have been aware of before, but sure. wait, no, that resonates with me. Wait, no, I agree with oh, this side or that absolutely. side. And if I choose to weigh it into it, well, then you, now you're into it. Yeah. Right. And that yeah. means this isn't a two week or a three week campaign. It's not throwing up a sticker in your yeah. window and calling it a day. It, it it needs to be that deliberate decision. Yeah. Does it align with your brand guy? I'm yeah. sorry, your, your brand values mm-hmm. and your brand's personality and your brand goals, yep. right? Where do you want your, your company to be? What kind of strategic yeah. vision do you have there? Um, but if it aligns with all of that and it personally matters yep. to not just, if, if you're a solopreneur, if it matters to you, if you're a team, does it matter to your team yeah. and your audience lean into it? Right. Yeah. And you're, if you, if you're just starting, you're going to hit some blowback at first. Yeah. If you keep going, you're going to start really attracting more uh, audience mm. who agree with you or who appreciate your support, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's how the bigger societal 
you know, changes happen, right? Is brands buy into the conversation, right? We can't leave the conversation to the politicians um, or the actors and actresses, right? I love the notoriety that, you know, the different groups bring to the conversation. Brands have a role to play in that also. Sure. It just, it must align with the kind of brand you are, right? Um, And again, you can speak to veterans, right? I, um, uh, sorry, I'm probably going down a tangent here. Uh, (laughs) Go for it. It just matters, you know, that like, you can't just pick a cause off a shelf and decide I'm going to do that one, right? Like, not if there's no tie back. Well, and that's what I was, that's, what I was trying to convey earlier about people just sticking the, the stickers in the window, right? Yeah. You're, you're, you're not really committed to it. You yeah. Know, you're doing it just because that's the, the flash in the pan today. Right. right. That's, that's what's getting the news coverage today. Right. You know, you're not really committed to it. And, and the first sign that the tides are going to the other side, you're going to take the sticker down. Yeah. Right? Uh, you're going to scrape it off your car or whatever it is. Right. So you have to have that. Cause and that's, that's going to go back to, you know, you're being wishy-washy on, on something. So if, yep. if you're going to tie that message that, you know, whatever issue it is that you, that you're supporting, um, into your brand, you, you gotta be invested in it. Yeah. I had a conversation with somebody uh, a few weeks ago about, um, the guy was saying, you know, we, we're really having trouble coming up with our why with mm-hmm. our narrative. Um, company's been around 25 plus years pretty small team for the, how long the company's been around, uh, boutique team. Um, and some of the people on their team have been around in the company for 20 plus years, right? So you've, you've got a, you've got the, the old guard and the new coming Mm in and the company's trying to develop their own messaging and their why, why do we exist? What are we doing? What do we want to be doing? Who do we want to be? And the guy goes, I just, you know, we're having so much trouble because we, we can't decide what we care about. And I was like, <laughs> what do you mean you don't decide? Like, you can't decide. And he goes, well, some of us just don't think it matters what we personally care about. And, uh, you know, it's yeah. some of the guys who have been, in, and some of the people, sorry, who have been in this company for a long time is like, well, we've just always done it the way we've done it. And so, you know, and it works, right? Like, I love those words. Yeah. That's how we've and, always done you know, it. And, and we've always gotten our business by word of mouth. Yeah. Well, that's great. But eventually those word of mouth people, those referrals, one day they may not be there, right? And so if you're not getting your business by word of mouth, if it's, if your referrals are starting to dry up or, you know, your company is changing tack and so word of mouth may not be the only or best channel for you. What do you have to rely on then to state who you are and why people should talk about you and why they should be referring you, right? Like, or why they, sorry, why they should care. Right. Um, you know, and it's, and I looked at him and it was a much longer complicated conversation, but I said, so what's stopping you from staking a flag in, in what you guys care about? And he goes, well, we, I don't know. We just, we just can't decide what we want to stand for. And, you know, that takes some time too, right? That's, you know, if you're going to, if you want to rally your team, mm-hmm. you got to talk to your team we and do. say what matters to us at yeah. the end of the day, right? Why did we get into what we're doing yeah. and what kind of difference are we trying to yeah. make? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that was a uh, good rabbit hole to go down. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I, I can totally no, go on fine. tangents. You're fine. Um, but it's important because, again, it's part of today's landscape. When you're trying to develop your branding strategy, your brand, get your name out there, um, you've got to understand what it is that you're trying to do. You know, you yeah. want what what are what do you want people to see when they call you up? Yeah. Um, whether you're a realtor, whether you're a home inspector, whether, you know, you're a restaurant owner, um, you know, whether you make copies, you know, you're a publisher or whatever. Right. You know, what do you want people to see? And, um, and are you okay? You know, cause again, like Michael Jordan said, you know, the other side buys the shoes too. Yeah. I mean, is that what you're going for? Yeah. Or are you okay? Just say, Hey, this is, this is, this is where I'm at. You know, I'm okay. Only being part of this, this is this audience, right? This is, this is my target audience. And, and the first couple bands outside of audience, I know I'm not going to get these people over here. 
Yeah. And, and are you okay with that? Yep. You know, like you have zero chance at this point. Right. right. And are you okay with that? Um, so you've got to make those decisions and you got to make sure because at some point, if it's just me, you know, when it was just me as a home inspector, uh-huh. it's whatever, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's me, you know, if it's my problem. But when you start bringing people on, yeah, it's not just you anymore. Well, and as you start adding to your team, how how do their beliefs and their attitudes and personalities yeah. change your brand? Yeah. So you know you can't you can't set your brand and just let it just let it sit there, right? Yeah. Like it, it's not a it's not a one and done, right? Your brand will evolve with every new team member that you bring on, with yeah. every new strategic partnership that you make. Mm-hmm. Um, with new marketing teams that you work with, right? Or new uh, channels and tactics yeah. that you're trying, your brand is evolving. Yeah. And so you, you really have to consider like, um, you know, if, if you and I were to join forces, how does my belief on, on veterans, which yeah. is a positive belief. Uh, my father was a Marine. So, <laughs> you know, I, I, I grew up in the military family. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, how would my values and beliefs about that affect your overall brand, for example, right? So uh, one of the ways that companies can mitigate this if they're growing their teams is putting an employer brand strategy in place. That's a conversation for a whole nother day. I understand that. But it's about attracting the kinds of people that you want working for your business that agree with your brand, that have similar thoughts and feelings there. Sure and can represent your brand back out in a similar way, yeah. right? Um, there's training. You, t- you know, you say, yeah. okay, hey, this is how we talk about things. This is how we approach certain sure. certain pieces. Um, but you're starting from a common point yeah. there, right? Yeah. It's, I mean, COVID, right? Yeah. COVID, um, the vaccinations, the mask. Uh huh. People have some feelings about all of that. Uh huh. Right? Some know, feelings. Some feelings. Yeah. One or two. Yeah, one or two. Um, and there were <laughs> there were you know in our industry um, there were people saying, "Hey, had a home inspector refuse to put a mask on. Had a home inspector refuse to do this. You know, uh-huh. had an agent refuse to do that. Uh huh. You know, they didn't want to answer the. You know, I, I, my policy was, they asked you to wear a mask. Put a mask on, yeah. you know, um, yeah. because that's that's just who we are, right? Um, right. We're there to do a job, right. not dictate what makes them comfortable. If that's what makes them comfortable, then that's what we're going to do. Sure. You know? So that's that's part of all of that, right? Yeah. Is, is understanding that, you know, did I necessarily agree with all that stuff? Maybe, maybe not, right? Okay. But, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> um, but, but you respected them enough. But I respected their And you're their, in their, their, their home. Exactly, right? right? Um, so if I want to grow my business, I need to at least look at it from a, a different vantage point. Yeah. And if you weren't, you know, everybody on our team was okay with it, right? They had zero problems with it. But if you came to me as an inspector and said, hey, I'm not doing it. Yeah. Then, then that's not aligning with our values, right? right? That's not because you are a representation of me, right? You are a representation of the brand, yes. You know, which is what I've created. Yep. You know, people call me for a certain reason because of what I've developed. You know, mm-hmm. with any company that's successful, there's a reason why you call them. And if you're going against that, then then we're going to have a much different conversation. Yeah. You know, and it's hard conversations, um, but but sometimes it's just what's what's needed to be had. You know, and I think COVID was a perfect time that we saw a lot of that happening yeah Um, like just just put a mask on you know Uh, yes (laughs) so that's all you gotta do Um, companies had had opportunities to showcase their values in a way during covid in a way that they've rarely had before and will rarely have again right in the first do you remember in the first like six months of the pandemic we had everybody was still at home Mm -hmm. well most people were still at home and um you know and and these mostly the big brands Mm -hmm. came out with a flood of tv commercials about how we were all at home and we were all connecting and we were all having this shared experience Mm -hmm. and it was it was touchy feely, you know, like a kind of a warm and fuzzy blanket, you know, branding, uh, effort. And it didn't last. No, 
right? It, yeah. it, it was like four to six months, give or take, yep. of, these, of these really heartwarming commercials about how we're all in this together. And then it just sort of died back off again. Yeah. And... You know, it's, to this day, I, I have trouble remembering most of those commercials and most of those brand messages, with the exception of like a grocery store in sure. England or something. <laughs> it, you know, it, like, it was like a European grocery brand about how, you know, delivering groceries to, you know, a couple of old people who could not go out into yeah. um, the, the crowds. And I just, that kind of, of representation of your brand is great. But if I, you know, it goes back to what we were saying earlier, if you're going to do it, you, you really got to stick with yeah. it, right? Like you can't be changing your brand messaging and your brand strategy every six months, yeah. right? You, you got to give it a chance to really permeate and stick. Yeah. Um, and now, again, doesn't mean you can't change your brand messaging and strategy mm -hmm. over time. Sure. But if you're, if you're doing it every few months, yeah. they're not going to, no one's going to remember you for anything. They're not. They're not, um, you know, uh, well, you know, going back to the weeks, right. Uh -huh. Or the months, you know, uh -huh. you know, whatever day, week, month, um, that we're, we're celebrating. Yeah. Um, if that's the only time you're doing it, then, yeah. you know, all right, well, next month we're going to change everything. Yeah. You know? And then the following month, well, this is what everybody wants to, with the sport. So we're going to support that too. You yeah. Know? You, you just, yeah, you, you don't want to remember you. There's a, there's an HVAC company here in town, um, who does, uh, their brand cares deeply about rescue animals, dogs in particular. Sure. Um, and yeah, there's various rescue days and organizations that, that, you know, throughout the Richmond area that do big events. Um, but this brand talks about their commitment to rescue animals right. year round. And to me, I, I mean, I like the brand. I actually like the people who run the company too. Yeah. Right. Um, but they've been doing it enough and long enough that I now associate this is one of the causes that their brand cares deeply yep. about, right? Um, Midas, um, Midas of Richmond. I'm I'm blanking on the owner's name. So Mark, I think of Midas. We'll call him Mark. I, sorry if your name's not Mark. Um, <laughs> uh, but he talks about like feed more, you yeah. know, and he talks about his personal history with hunger when he was a kid. Sure. Uh, you know, the story that stuck with me about is how his mom used to stretch a gallon of milk with water, right, for the week. Um, and he he took those experiences. And Midas is a growing company with yeah. tons of employees in the Richmond area. But the owner, and it sounds like a lot of his leadership team, care very deeply about hunger issues, right? And they're building their, part of their brand strategy is to take the name recognition and the good that their company is doing in the Richmond area and putting it towards a cause that they care deeply yeah. about. And that's not a, he doesn't do it once a month or I'm sorry, one month out of the year. It's all year. It's all year. Yeah. Right. And when you, when you market it consistently, when it's built into your brand strategy, people will start to remember and associate you for it. Right. Yeah. Um, so your brand can do a lot of good if you it put can. some effort into it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we've been talking probably close to an hour now. Oh. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Yeah. It goes okay. by quick. So first person, first person someone should call. They start up a business. They have a business idea. Um, I need to get it going. Do they call you or Blair first? Who do they call first? <laughs> <laughs> so I actually, you might think I'm strange for this, but uh -huh. my answer is not me. Okay. Um, I, if you are just starting a business, uh -huh. grab yourself a logo, grab yourself a, make sure you know why you're in business, mm -hmm. grab yourself a logo and get going. Literally just get going, get some customers, get some work, build your business. Come to me three years in. Okay. Because by then you've got a really solid idea of what you're doing, why you're doing it, what's working and what's not. And we, we can truly dive into messaging and narrative that, you know, you got through the first couple of years, you're all over the place in the first yeah. few years of business. Let's be real, you right? Are. Everybody is. But after you've been doing that for a few years, then we talk, okay. right? And we build you a plan for the next 10 that, you know, takes you from level th three to level seven, okay. right? Um, 
You talk to Blair first then. It's the short answer. <laughs> what was a very long answer? You talk to Blair. You get yourself a website. You get some customers and some Gotcha, work. gotcha. And then you come to me. <laughs> so when they're ready to come to you, how do they get a hold of you? Uh, so my Skylar Consulting, it's uh, SkylarSBC.com. Um, or come find me on LinkedIn. I'm babbling all the time on LinkedIn. <laughs> I'm, I'm just throwing thoughts out there. Um, and, uh, but I do, I do free discovery calls, right? Yep. Conversations about where your business is, where it wants to go. What do you need now versus what do you, maybe what can you do in like two years, right? Yeah. I'm not a believer that you have to have absolutely everything on day one, obviously. Sure. Right. Um, I think it's more important about meeting the company where it is and figuring out the best way to build that strategy so it, it works long-term. Awesome. Yeah. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you for having me. Today's been great. Gotta wake Courtney up now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do this again. I'd love that. Thank Thanks. you so much. <laughs>